Captain's Log, Stardate 75848.2. I'm Captain Britton. And I'm Captain Spencer. These are the voyages of the Starship Soy Trek, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go where many have gone before. song before i thought it was over welcome to the bridge you thought wrong i know we're here anyway today we'll be discussing strange new worlds season one episode three ghosts of Illyria, and deep space nine season three episode 10 fascination that's correct but before we get to that let's let's find out what's new in the world of trek we got trek news for you Boy, lots going on in the Trek world this uh, recently. Um, yeah, uh, one of my favorite characters from Enterprise uh-huh. uh, was asked to audition for a role on Strange New Worlds, okay. but he turned it down because he was like offended, as he probably should have been, because he used to be like a main cast member on a Star Trek show, and they're asking him to audition. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, John Billingsley who played uh, Mr. Flox. Um, Dr. Flox? Yeah, Dr. Flox. Dr. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Flox. Dr. Flox. Yeah, if you've ever watched Enterprise, you know Flox rocks. He's definitely yeah. like one of the top like three or four characters on that show after like Archer and T'Pol. Dr. Dr. Flox versus Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Go. Um, Who do you think ooh. wins? Who do you think is more pedantic? Yeah, well, I mean, like, Dr. Cox is more, like, jokingly so, but he's also kind of misogynistic, so. That's true. I don't I don't really know. I don't think Dr. Cox has aged quite as well as Dr. Flox. That's probably correct. Yeah, and but, you know, Flox, Flox fucks. Yeah, for sure. Flox fucks. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so we won't be seeing him on Star Trek anytime soon, unfortunately. You know, fair enough. I, I feel like if I, like, was on five seasons of a Star Trek series and then they were like, hey, do you want to come audition for a part on this new one i'd be like fuck off really yeah okay yeah like I, you know my work like why do i have to audition you know what i can do yeah. Write a character for me if you want me on the show like, the fuck? i'm literally a part of your universe and have been for the last like two decades yeah like okay <sighs> yeah that's whack that is super like whack that. uh you know it's not whack though which actually could be kind of cool is uh they announced uh this week that they're going to release a star trek prodigy game Okay. Called uh, Star Trek Prodigy Supernova. Interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not really familiar with, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really a gamer. It's going to be released on like every console, PS5, yeah, uh, PC, PS4, yeah. Xbox One, and uh, Switch. Outright Games, which is a studio I've never heard before. Yeah, right, I've never heard, heard of, of it. The, the oh, no, that's the publisher. So the, oh, the studio pu- is actually Tassara Studio. I don't know what the fuck Who I'm is. not familiar with. Yeah, I mean, the, the screenshot doesn't look bad, though. It doesn't look amazing or anything, but... Whatever, it's it's a game for kids and it's a Star Trek game. I'm not expecting much to be honest. Yeah, I mean I you know, I keep 
meaning to like go back and try to get super into Star Trek Online. We should do that. We should start playing Star Trek Online. I think there's cooler communities. Like Star Trek Bridge Commander has a pretty sick ass community. Bridge Commander's cool. I mean, I don't have VR, so I can't really, you know. You can play. You you don't need VR. You can play it without VR, but that's kind of the point of it. It was developed as a VR game. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been like super heavily modded, mostly for like PC though. So yeah. Sure. I guess uh, you know my PC could do VR. We oh. could make it happen. Yeah, I, I've been watching. I watched a few like you know space battles and playthroughs of Bridge Commander, and it's a pretty sick game. Like, and they have updated it enough to where it like still looks good. So, yeah. hell yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got? You got you got anything? Oh yeah, I do. Right. So, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Strange New Worlds is the highest rated Star Trek show ever. Uh, correction, highest clitic- critically rated. Star- yes. Clitically. Mm-hmm. Clitically. The mm-hmm. Clitorisically. Clitorally rated. Clitorally rated. Yes. Um, no, yeah. So, so the but, highest rated Trek series of all time. Uh, as far as critics go, uh, when it comes to the audience score, it is uh, number four, I think. Mm-hmm. It's but uh, you know uh, when it comes to the the audience score, obviously the original series and the next generation are both tied, uh, and then Deep Space Nine is a close third. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, what's interesting though, if we're looking at critical scores, it's Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds followed by Star Trek Prodigy, and mm-hmm. then Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, which mm-hmm. is laughable. Yeah laughable i could see yeah. why critics wouldn't really like tos but like putting strange new worlds and prodigy above next generation and ds9 is laughable <laughs> speaking of laughable yeah uh finally in trek news this week uh the showrunner of uh star trek picard season two and three has announced that uh he has been pushing for uh basically the stars of season two of picard uh, Raffi and Seven of Nine to have their own standalone spinoff show. Oh yeah, yeah. I, bet, I saw some rumbling of rumblings about that on the uh, some of the Star Trek Facebook. Which I mean, they're they're well. fine characters, but you've already given them Picard show, so why do they need? Yeah, they, another they were show? basically like you exactly know, the they were main characters they, of that show. Yeah, they were absolutely the main characters of season two. Um, yeah, there's so much about them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, no thanks. Especially yeah. seeing where like no that, is a good way that to put creative it. team is directed towards. I don't need a big story arc about like Raffi and Seven like, you know, being space lesbians together. Although yeah. I'm not opposed to the idea of a space lesbian Star Trek. Yeah. Just not that that storyline. I'm good. We, we I'm don't good. really need that. Yeah, I, I'm imagining they're probably just going to do, like, if they do it, like a bounty hunter show or something with Seven, mm-hmm. which could be okay, but doesn't really interest me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I mean we already had we already had a 7 of 9 Star Trek show. It's called The Last 3 Seasons of Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I don't hate that they focused on her so much it's, in Voyager. It's fine. She's a great character, but like I don't know. Like it it was like, obviously trying to sell the show through sex, which is fine, but It's fine but not necessarily a Star Trek thing. And honestly, you know? they kind of made the Borg look weak with her storylines, especially like when it came to like the her and the Borg Queen and Janeway. Mm-hmm. That whole thing, nah. nah. Nah, not my favorite. So, anyways. Yeah. 
the premise of the show is that we're going to watch two episodes of Star Trek a week. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we figure out which episodes of Star Trek to watch? Well, first off, uh, we watch all new Star Trek. And yeah. thankfully, they haven't really had a time yet where they've released three episodes at once. So hopefully they never release more than two because I don't ever really want to watch two new episodes of Star Trek a week ever again. Yeah, well, I think we might get there eventually, but God, please, we'll see. No. We'll see. But um, so, so we watched Star Trek: Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. episode three, and yep. for our second episode, we we added together the number of episodes of each series mm-hmm. in order of release. Yeah, and then we created a we, ram- we, we random, randomized a random number generator mm-hmm. to pick a number yeah. in that list. And that's how we ha- ended up with a random episode. Britt, do you want to tell us what our second episode is? Our second episode of the day is Deep Space Nine, Season 3, Episode 10, Fascination. Yes, it is. Indeed. And a fascination it is. Certainly. Uh, but let's kick it off. Let's get into Strange New Worlds. Hell yeah. Strange New Worlds on the Enterprise with Captain Pike. Oh boy, brand oh boy. new Trek. We just yeah, watched we it. Uh, came out came it, out yeah. yesterday, May 19th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode uh, three of season one, Ghosts of Valeria, uh, written by Akella Cooper, who is uh, best known as the writer for the recent horror film Malignant, which I've heard a lot really? of good things about. Okay. Uh, and Bill Wolkoff, who uh, played a record store guy in the movie The New Guy. Starring DJ Qualls. That rules. Yeah, what a right? fact. That's a great what fact. What a factoid to pull out of the and, trenches. Uh, and uh, directed by Leslie Hope, uh, better known as an actress who played Jack Bauer's wife on 24. Wow. Terry Bauer. Wow. Yeah. There's not enough time. There is not enough time. Um, <laughs> speaking of not enough time, let's yeah. uh, let's get into this episode. So, yeah. uh, we open and uh, the Enterprise uh, crew, a uh, away crew, is investigating the disappearance of a colony of Alarians, a species that are banned by the Federation due to their genetic engineering. Um, as an ion storm approaches, uh, members of the away team beam back to the ship just in time, but leave Spock and Pike on the surface because the ion storm on the surface is too powerful. Yeah. And uh, they also can't communicate through the ion storm. Yeah. They can't beam, can't communicate... Real crazy ion shit going I, on. I pointed out to you at the time, but like this is the sort of situation where in like TNG they just use a shuttle. But I figure the ion storm might fuck with the electronics or something there because it's obviously it messes with stuff. So I'm willing to give that a sure. benefit of the doubt. I, I don't know if that's too wonky. I'm fine yeah. with it. I'm fine with yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> then we go uh, back to. The um the Enterprise mm-hmm. and the uh, the they them uh non-binary crew uh member uh, Erica Ortegas is talking to a new guy Lamb who it showed at the beginning of the episode who's just kind yeah. of a I don't know if he's gonna be a regular character I don't think he died but uh, he surprisingly just... no we were both like yeah that guy's gonna die yeah yeah because because he, he was like acting erratically and then he just puts his head straight through like a window pane with a light in it mm-hmm. and. Uh, then we just uh, cut to um, credits, opening credits. 
Yeah, not a, not that long of a cold open on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like the last episode, episode two, with their I'm, twelve I'm, minute cold yeah. open. I'm kind of glad they didn't do it. It felt more trekky this way. It was it was pretty cool. I was yeah. fine with that. It was good okay. pacing, I think. So after the credits, um, it's revealed that. Uh, sorry. Um, um, so they get back to the ship and, uh, it's kind of revealed that people are behaving strangely towards light. Uh, everyone except for number one who like was behaving strangely in her quarters for just a little bit, but she just like seemed really horny and then got over it. Yeah. 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 She got all like red and we were like, okay, what's going on? She got mm-hmm. like horny for a light bulb or whatever. Yeah. And we're like, that's weird, but uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. But there's other people on the ship who are acting like much more erratically. Yeah. And, like, breaking shit and, like, just being weird towards light. Um, mm-hmm. So, number one is, like, hey, some weird shit's going on. Uh, could you go ahead and, like, check the whole ship? Just hammer this. Yeah, hammer. Um, and hammer begrudgingly. He's he, very grumpy. Yeah, he's super fucking arrogant, uh, but he's, like, yeah, I'll, um, I'll fucking, I'll check the whole ship anyway. Um, and he's such a dick. I think, is this where he says the line, I'm a genius? Yeah. Yeah, he says, I'm a genius, move quickly. And I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, this dude is too much. A like, little a little bit. A little like bit. They're they're pushing him being like a kind of a jerk too much. He sounds like an asshole. Like yeah. I don't want to work with that guy. Yeah, because like in the last episode he was kind of like playful and ribbing um uh Ahura. Mm-hmm. But in this one he was just kind of a fucking arrogant dickhead the whole time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, after that, we go to a conversation between number one and, uh, is it La'on or Lawn? La'on, Noonien Singh. Okay, La'on. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so, uh, number one and La'on talk about the Illyrians and kind of, like, the whole, uh, ethical situation behind, like, uh, being genetically modified. Yeah, okay, and, well, because, because she walks into number one's quarters while she has a big... Thing up on her screen about like the uh, the Illyrians, and she's like, the Illyrians. You think that they had something to do with this? Blah 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh no no, I'm just just like exploring. I'm just just looking at stuff on my computer. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And just being all like sus. Yeah yeah, but then they they kind of just have a talk <laughs> about like genetic engineering, the ethics behind it, and uh, Laon is like, well, I'm like the the descendant of a genetically modified fucking war criminal con. So I know what that shit's about, you know? Yeah. Um, so then we go to Dr. Mbega. Mbenga? Mbenga. Lubega? Dr. Lubega. Dr. Lubega. Okay. Doctor number five. Um, so Dr. Lubega, uh, says that the virus isn't spreading through viral or bacterial means, and Correct. he suggests uh, to number one that they do a complete lockdown on the entire ship. And so she puts the ship into lockdown, mm-hmm. right? And it's very, like, kind of over the top. And they're like, everybody in their stay in your working areas. But not everybody, because, like, yeah. fucking Hemmer's still, like, walking around. And Yeah, Hemmer's still, like, walking around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's exempt from lockdown mm-hmm. procedures for some reason. Yeah. Uh, no one knows. I don't why. know. Uh, so we briefly go back to the planet that uh, Spock and Pike are on, right? And uh, they look out the window in the place they're like, uh, have they're they have shelter in from the ion storm, 
And they look out the window and there's these like fucking fire ghosts. Yeah, yeah, fire specters. That's fire the only demons. way. Yeah, yeah, they're just like they're like these fiery looking these things, floaty looking dudes floating around and yeah, being, yeah, yeah. being floaty. And they're like, "What the fuck?" Commercial break. It reminds me of the uh, the effect that they gave Jean Grey in the second X Men movie. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of an yeah. effect. Yeah, you're not wrong. Or not um, the second X Men movie, the third one, the one the the Brett Ratner one, Rush Hour X Men. Yeah, Whatever okay, that, X-Men 3, the final X-Man. <laughs> Who cares? The I, I'm Juggernaut Bitch movie. Oh, I forgot that they did that. Wow, how could I forget? That's the only thing I remember from the movie, because I was in the theater, I'm like, cringe. <laughs> but now, I feel like that's aged pretty well. <sighs> it's something. It's, it's it's funny now, oh. as as even though it was cringe then, because, you know, cringe becomes humor. I suppose, Honestly. yeah. So uh, we go back to the ship. Uh, we're in the medical bay again, and um, uh, Dr. Lubega reveals that Uhura doesn't have the disease for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and then Hemmer comes in because he's checking the whole ship to see what's all funky, and um, he goes to this emergency medical transporter. He, and he says, I need to check your emergency medical transporter. For excess power. For excess power consumption. Yeah, excess power consumption. I'm like, what? Okay, if that's, I don't really get it, but whatever. At least they like gave Hemmer a reason to be doing that. So like, he was instructed to do the diagnostics. Right. So he's doing like diagnostics on the system. Yeah. Finds this. And so and so, Doctor Lubega, like, um, as he's going up to the transporter to check it, like, secretly turns off all the lights to make it seem like fucking Hemmer fucked everything up. Uh, but then as soon as Hammer leaves, he secretly turns back on the, all the lights. And he's acting all shady. He's like, you don't need to be checking this out, blah, blah, blah. And you know what's a funny mm-hmm. part about this is like, he like is trying to convince Hammer to go away. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as chief medical officer, he has... Oh, he could have told him to just he fuck off. Just told him, it's told it's, him it's the go. medical bay. It's his domain. Yeah, like... like you know. Like, he can literally just be like, Hammer, you can't do this. Yeah, like, he there's, there's sick people in here. What the fuck are you doing? You could... They could be contagious. You could be contagious. Like, get the fuck out of my med bay. Yeah, like, right? But you, instead, they just have him be, like, shady and weird. Mm-hmm. But, like, he technically has superiority right, in right. that context, which is dumb. So, um, go back to the planet, and uh, the fucking, the storm's getting crazier. And, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. one thing that we didn't mention here is, like, mm-hmm. on the planet, uh, Kirk and, Sp- not Kirk, Pike and Spock mm-hmm. uh, are in this, like, records hall of sorts where, like, Spock is reading these like cyber scrolls. Yeah, so so they're just like, like it seems like they're like, made of light. Did you see so, how did you see how big the text was on those? Yeah. It seems like such an inefficient way of storing information. Like they're like these giant scrolls of which you can fit like five text messages on. It's like, well, come on. I, I, what's I feel going like, on here. I, I feel like maybe that's just the way that non Illyrians can see them and in their natural form, like they're just released as light. Maybe. Okay. And so sure. they can, maybe they can interact with them differently. Maybe the whole, their whole internet is in one of those but tubes. The, the, the Lyrians we should establish are like a race of people that genetically modify themselves. Yes, I already it's, established that in the first paragraph. Correct. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, so they have appeared in in quite a few episodes of Voyager mm-hmm. and Enterprise. They actually show up in an episode of Enterprise. I don't know that. Uh, where Captain Jonathan Archer has to like steal a warp coil from an Illyrian ship and leave them stranded and they die. And it's Sick. like a, it's like kind of a brutal move. But like, what's interesting about the Illyrians is that mm. they are constantly like changing their appearance and whatnot. And so 
they this was their outpost mm-hmm. that we're exploring here and it's it, it should be noted that they they don't like change their appearance just to change their appearance they do it in order to survive so basically instead of like terraforming planets they just change their genetics in order to survive on that planet yes and so right. like different uh i um illyrian colonists on different planets like look different and yeah. so there's no like ubiquitous look of illyrians and so yeah, which is kind of interesting. Kind of. So uh, we're we're down on the planet there, and um, the uh, ion storm breaks uh, down the shelter windows, and the fire ghosts uh, get in, and uh, they they protect uh, Pike and Spock before the storm kills them, mm-hmm. and they make a big like uh, fire bubble around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go back up to the ship. Uh, number one reveals that she got the disease. Um, she tells this to the doctor, uh, Lubega, mm-hmm. uh, but her body cured her of it because she's an Illyrian. The doctor's like, well, what the fuck? You're an Illyrian? And he's like, well, I can't do anything because I could have done something if, uh, you know, it was still like, well, the disease was still in your body, but your body cured yourself of it. So I can't do anything. And even if I could, there are laws in the Federation against mixing um, Illyrian, Illyrian and human, human blood. blood. Yeah, uh, and then he like goes on this thing about how it used to be you couldn't mix like Vulcan and human blood. And now it's Illyrian. So kind of a not not bad social commentary there. I think uh, pretty subtle, pretty metaphorical. I could really do without all of this like unnecessary backstory to the characters. Like for example, like Laon being connected to Khan. Like, yeah, eh. that that really was. There was like that scene where they were talking about it in uh, like kind of earlier, mm-hmm. and it was just so like on the nose. Well, yeah, and, like, I don't need this backstory to this character. Well, yeah, because like, for some reason in the new Star Trek universe, basically in every single franchise, whether it be movies or television shows, they need to mention Khan because because that's the only fucking Star Trek media I think Alex Kurtzman has actually watched. Yeah, probably that and, like, I, I feel like they have this, like, need to tie, like, every single character to something that is, like... Important already in important the Star Trek Important already universe. or just a reference to something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you can just have new characters. Like, that's chill. Like, it does... You don't... It's It doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> like... Oh, it does, though. It does. It does for them. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like that's pretty cringe. And so that that plus like the number one is an Illyrian mm-hmm. look who looks like a human yep. is a lot. That it, that could make sense, but I mean she wouldn't look exactly like a human, I think. Like like she could be humanoid, but she looks so fucking human. Although we've only seen her face. Like she could have some crazy titties. You know what dude, I'm talking about? Crazy titties. With like mouths and shit. Oh, that'd you know? be yeah. tight. That'd be tight. Yeah. Wonder like, what planet like a Venus flytrap sort of situation yeah. going on with the nips. No, or maybe she has a big old penis flytrap. <laughs> she has a, just this huge fucking number one gawk baby. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be an episode of this if you didn't drop the gawk. <laughs> dropping the gawk baby. <laughs> it's a soy trick. Dropping the gawk. Uh-huh. Um so, uh, Laanne awakes from her sedation because, uh, oh, sorry. So the doctor, um, agrees to sedate everybody, right? Right. And so, uh, they sedate everybody, but Laanne wakes out of her sedation and attempts to disable the warp core force field. Um, 
Is that? Yeah. Did so I? we yeah. skipped a little bit of stuff. I did. I, I skipped a bunch of stuff here. Yeah. Um, what did I skip? Jesus. Okay. So yeah. what happened after this is they, they, they kind of figure out what the virus is. They yeah. figure out that the virus, virus, quote unquote, is spreading via light. So if you are exposed to light and someone who is carrying the virus, the virus can carry itself on light waves and then infect you and give you a desire to pursue light. Yes. Um, and that's when we, we talk about, like, number one, beating the virus, quote unquote, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then they sedate everybody. They so, sedate the... Oh, right, no, right, we so, forgot about the doctor. Right, right, right. So, situation. so yeah. um yeah, so no, that that's like way later. The doctor in this situation. Oh, that's right. Like at the very you're, end. You're right. You're so, right. Uh, so the fire ghosts break in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the doctor determines that the only difference between Ahura and her roommate, because uh, her roommate contracted the disease and Ahura didn't, was that when Ahura sleeps, she sleeps with the lights off, and so <laughs> it must be transmitted through light. Yes, obviously. And so, uh, you know. It, it, Lubega talks to number say, one. It sounds dumb when you say it. Yeah, but. yeah, and they and she's like, yeah, fucking sedate everybody. So they sedate everybody, um, including the doctor. Yeah, number one goes back to her her quarters to look at some pictures of Illyrian children, um, but it's classified information, and she just says override, and it overrides it because mm-hmm. you, you don't need a password in Star Trek. No. Um. So she then goes to the transporter room and Hammer. Uh, has like a fucking ball in the transporter, and it's part of the the planet's core mantle. Yeah, I thought it, no, they said the core. No, you know, she says, "Oh, you've yeah. got a piece of the planet's core," and he goes, "Mantle." Oh, okay, actually. okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he's referring to Agalock's 2004 album, The, the mantle. mantle. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, he so he has it in the transporter, and he tries to walk into it, but number one's like, "Fuck you," and shoots him and stops him, and then fucking picks him up. Like a weak sack of potatoes, and mm-hmm. fireman carries him. Yeah, like like he's like five pounds. And then there's like this like triumphant theme song thing that plays while she's walking with mm-hmm. him. It's very strange. It is super strange. So Stra- a strange new world, one might say. Uh, so we go back <laughs> to the, the the planet again. This is where uh, the ghosts actually um, protect uh, Pock, uh, Pock, Spike, Spike, <laughs> Pike and. Sp- Spike, Spike and Pock. Pock. Spike and Tupac. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, they protect them there. So yeah, Well, yeah, so the fire guys come down, and mm-hmm. they break through the window, and they're, like, running from the fire guys, and they're like, ah. Mm-hmm. But then they, like, lay down on the ground next to each other, and, like, then the fire things just surround them and, like, hover over them for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And then they go away. Yeah. But, but well, they go away as the storm goes away. The storm, I guess, only lasted, like, five minutes. Yeah, or something like it's. It seems like a very short amount of time. It's an ion. It can come and go. Who knows? I mean, who knows? <laughs> this this whole thing I feel like takes place within an hour or two, right? Like this episode. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's pretty short. It's pretty short. Um. So yeah. So we go back to the med bay. Lan wakes from her sedation and attempts to disable the warp core force field. Number one finds out about this and they go and have a quick fight. And even though. Number one gets the best of Laan. Um, it's too late, and the computer says warp core breach imminent. Yes, and then it like goes to commercial. Um, 
So we go back to, so we can assume that everyone's dead because the warp core is breached. And, when and we it's can imminent, also assume that I could save 15% or more by switching to Geico. You can also assume that, yeah. 15%, that's it? You can save way more than 15%. Okay. Way more, Spencer. All right. Not that we're advertisers for Geico, but... Uh, we're definitely not. Um, they didn't pay for that. They should. They should. They didn't. Yep. One day. <clears throat> One day we'll have a Geico commercial, Spencer. Yeah. That'll that'll be the real Geico uh, lizard people from that one episode of Voyager. Do you yeah. think? Do you think uh, Janeway gave birth to the the Ge- Gecko Geico? Ge- Geico Ge- yeah. Gecko. Yeah. And also Gex. Oh, true. As twins, they're the same yeah. thing, though, right? Yeah. Um, Geico Gecko is Gex. So number one uh, reveals to the doctor she's Alarian. Um, Lynn wakes up. Uh, everything's too late. So we go back to the planet. And the storm is finally cleared. Goodbye, mm-hmm. Iron Storm. Ion Storm. Yes. So uh, Spike and Pock, Tupac, um, determined that the fire ghosts, in fact, were the Alarian colonists mm-hmm. uh, who tried to reverse their genetic engineering in order to join the Federation, which I thought was a pretty interesting idea. That is an interesting idea. They spend such little time on it, though. Right. It's like, it feels so throwaway. I know, because the they could have used that as, like, the crux. I guess it is, like, the crux and kind of the point of the episode, but instead they centered around number one for most of the episodes, so I'm like, eh. Yeah, and, like, the crisis on the ship. Like, it definitely feels like the um, uh, the Spock and Pike Oh, that's situation. a B-plot. It is, like, such a B-plot. It's so it's- B-plot, but it's the only thing that adds to the Star Trek universe. Like... Other yeah. stuff adds to the show, but that's the only thing that was like to me as a Star Trek fan. I'm like, hey, you know, the con thing. I was like, no, no, um, like I'm a secret alien. I'm no. So no. Uh, we go back to the med bay, and it's revealed that Laanne was cured because when she was fighting Number One, she had a proximity with her chimeric antibodies. Okay, okay, so this is where it gets complicated. So they were both blasted with radiation, Mm -hmm. and number one's body, as an Illyrian, was healing itself, Mm -hmm. and La'an's proximity to the Illyrian body healing itself gave her chimeric antibodies, which then cured her of the virus. I don't understand how, like, this giant radiation burst wouldn't kill everyone else on the ship instantly. That's a great question. Like, the yeah. warp core was breached and, like, the force field around it. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the when the warp... I am led to believe in Star Trek that when warp core breach is imminent, the ship blows up. Yeah. Ten times out of ten. Yes. I don't think it's ever happened differently. I don't know how they recontained the warp core field after it was imminent. I mean, I feel like they wouldn't have a warp core at that point and they couldn't get home, right? Yeah. I'm, totally. I'm just very confused about that whole thing. Um, so, uh, number one goes on a big speech, uh, tells them how, like, instead of terraforming planets, Illyrians modify themselves, and that's, you know, why she could have survived all of that bullshit. Um, once everybody's cured, Pock and, uh, Tupac and Spike um, returned to the Jesus Enterprise. Christ. And, you uh, cannot get it right. No, I, I've started doing that on purpose. And um, mm-hmm. and number one attempts to resign. Um, Tupac refuses to accept her resignation, calling her the best first officer in the fleet and saying, 
he doesn't care where she's from or what her genetics are. Yep, that's true. Uh, and then, then yeah, Doctor, 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 Doctor Lubega. Yeah. So then, this is okay. I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm so, say this so right we now. go, we go to Doctor Lubega, and uh, Number One comes in to to confront him about something. She's like, "What the heck?" During Hammer's diagnostic, he found that your pattern buffer, your transporter, emergency transporter pattern buffer, is using a lot of power. What are you keeping in there? Uh, well, yeah, and she said, uh, "You're using an outdated transporter and uh, keeping something in the buffer." Um, and Doctor Lubega uh, reveals that he is keeping his sick daughter in stasis until he can cure her condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, quote, there's no length, maximum length for how long you can keep someone in the buffer. You just got to take her out every once in a while. Which I am... Which is not true. Which, uh, yeah, I am led to believe that's not true, uh, especially no. based on the DS9 episode, Arman Bashir, mm-hmm. where uh, in a way crew of five people gets caught in the pattern buffer and they can only keep them in the ship memory before their patterns disappear for about, like, maybe an hour or so. Well, wasn't also part of that, though, the fact that they had to do so many people and, like, there was just so much data as a result of that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was five people, but the five people, they couldn't, they had to wipe all of the memory from the ship to fit five people. And this is a hundred years in the future from when this is happening. Over a hundred years. To be years. fair, it is a retrofitted Cardassian space station, but still, yes. But but still, stands. but still, they have. I mean, they don't have uh, holos suites or holodecks or the technology to do that in here, or the computing power, whereas they do there. And so, yeah, yeah. I I find it very difficult yeah. to reconcile. One hundred percent. Yeah, like I would say, like that as a plot line would work on something like TNG or. DS9, but mm. considering how far in the in the past we are, yeah. that doesn't make sense. They're using the technology in a more advanced way than they used it in those later series. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. Um, and and yeah, and like, the, the, okay, this is a thing that bothers me about New Trek. It's like every character has to have this like they have to have a tragic backstory, mm-hmm. or they have to have like some like troubling family oh, it, crisis. It, it's all trauma. It's all they have trauma. To have some kind of trauma. They have to have some kind of like secret identity. Like every character has to have this modifier thing to it's, them. It's Star Trek. To add drama and to like develop the characters. God. But I don't feel like it does develop the characters. Like, okay, so fucking Dr. Lou Bega has a sick kid mm-hmm. that he is like trying to keep alive. Yep. And okay, that could have been an episode. Mm-hmm. They could have made an episode about that. But instead of them making an episode about it, they just add that to his ongoing mythos. That's just the the storyline with this character is that he's got a kid in the pattern buffer. Yeah, and, and like, and we know now that dumb. every episode that is like somehow focused on him is going to be about him and his daughter in some way, and it's yeah, I don't need kid stuff. I I agree with uh, you know, with Picard, and uh, I am uh, not uh, particularly fond of children. Yes, on the bridge. Yes, yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree with Picard in that in that sentiment as yeah. well. Um. So, um, uh, kind of the last thing is, uh, Dr. Lubega is like, uh, I'm sorry, number one, I guess you're going to shut it down. And she's like, guess again, bitch. Um, I am going to, uh, give you your own dedicated power source directly from the warp core to keep your daughter indefinitely in a transport buffer. 
Which yes. I gotta wonder, like, is she in like a fucking transport purgatory? Dude, for real. And like, here's another point, right? Uh-huh. It's like, there is no way on okay, so and I told you this when we were watching this, mm-hmm. but like the he is the chief medical officer on yeah. the flagship of the of of the Starfleet fleet, right? Mm-hmm. The the flagship of Starfleet, he's the chief medical officer. This is the flagship, right? Yeah. Like the amount of power it would take to keep somebody in the fucking emergency medical transporter transport buffer mm-hmm. is like insane. pattern buffer. It's insane. Yeah. The fact that nobody would notice this right. this far into the journey is like a what? Yeah. And, and he, like how did he get her on the ship and in the how, first did place? He, did he install this outdated transporter? Yeah. Who what? installed it? Like, has it just been there and he, he like he hid it even after they replaced it with a newer and, one? And I like, don't <laughs> And also, okay, here's another point, right? Like they make a point of him when he's given this speech he's, like earlier in the episode he gives a speech about like the Illyrians and like how Starfleet and like it was taboo to mix uh uh human and, and Vulcan blood and now it's taboo to mix Illyrian blood. Like he has this like grudge with Starfleet. I mm. feel like that's another common new trek thing is like each character has to have their own like grudge with Starfleet. Yeah. And it's like okay, but I feel like they're kinda hitting me over the head with it. Like it's like yeah. it's like I get it. Like it's an organization and as every or- giant organization is, people are gonna take issue with it. But like mm. This, the storylines and the relationships with the characters don't need to be predicated on that, like, conflict. So so I think a lot of what it is is it's taken away a lot of, and I am, I'm mostly, like, anti-military, but it's taken a lot of, like, the military decorum that Star Trek has historically had. Yeah, and they, it they, does. And they, they take it, and, like, people, like, talk back to the captain on the bridge and shit like that, and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's it, not chill. No. It's not chill. I, no. I feel like they're trying to make it chill, but it's not very chill. It just no. doesn't feel right. It feels lazy. It feels not in keeping with the spirit of things. So another problem with this whole uh, transporter thing is, um, and fucking number one being like, hey, we'll fix the problem. I'll, I'll give you uh, the the transporter on a warp core. Uh, the problem was not that it was tied to the same power supply as everything but that the system hadn't been upgraded, the the transporter system, and the rest of the ship's transports um, did not sync with the biofilters, as they explained. And so they didn't, She that wouldn't solve the problem, and this would still be a problem. Yeah. And still, like, a potential problem if anything like this ever happens again. So she she basically swept this problem under the rug for it to hopefully appear again so she gets fired or something. That'd be funny. Sweeping problems under the rug is a very Star Trek thing, though. I will give them that. But but the thing is, they made it sound like this was actually a solution, whereas it was not a solution to the problem that they said was the problem in the episode. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Um, so, that's, uh, that's that episode, basically. That was that episode. You know, I didn't hate it. I liked it enough. It, I liked it about as no, uh, the same as like the second episode. Yeah, I I think I'm about the same as the second episode as well. I did think that like the whole the way they handled uh techno babble was very poor in this episode. Like yeah, their explanations great. for things didn't really make sense. And and there was some things that they did that were just dumb. Like they said like they were going to do a full ship-wide blackout. Yeah. But then they didn't. Like yeah, there were still lights on. And then like they didn't the, follow the the 
the the quarantine protocol at either. all. No. no, at all. Hammer was they still walking around it. everywhere. They just announced it, but then didn't follow up at all. Yeah, it was um, pretty which, which was silly. Another silly thing. Also, again, captain's on the away mission. Yeah, like he, literally like, every Anson, important. Anson Mount's like barely in this episode. He like yeah. barely has anything to do with it. Well, wasn't I mean it was so it was the top three officers were all on the away mission. Mm-hmm. Spock, uh, fucking Pike, and number one. Yeah. Which is like, why would you put your top three in charge of a ship? Like, who's going to fucking run the ship if they all die? What the fuck? 100%. Silly. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Especially Silly. like that situation, which seemed, which seemed like a dangerous situation. Like, why would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if the captain had a personal connection to that. Sure, we can justify bringing the captain alone along on the, the away mission. Yeah, right? but it was but... just kind of kind of silly. Um, Very silly. So. Um, uh, I would say this episode's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. A little, I mean, better than average new Trek. Better than average new Trek. Um, soy moments of the episode. Uh, Hammer saying, I am a genius. Move quickly. Yeah, I hated that. That was really bad. Was but really I think bad. I think what actually takes the cake for me, the soyest moment of this episode, is uh, when the uh, fire ghosts are trying to like seemingly break into the place where uh, Tupac and Spike are uh, yeah. have shelter. Yep. Um, uh, fucking Pike has a phaser, and Spock has one of the light scrolls, mm-hmm. and uh, and, uh-huh. and and Pike says to. Um, to Tupac, he says, uh, aren't you going to arm yourself? And uh, Tupac says, I am arming us with knowledge. <laughs> and then he says, like, I sure hope there's a phaser on that thing or something like that. Which is fine, but the I am arming us with knowledge made me go, don't. Yeah, that was... Stop. It was pretty... Stop. Uh, I, I'm going to go with, like, all of Hemmer's lines were pretty bad. Hemmer's lines were all pretty cringe. Like he, he was just an asshole. Yeah. And like yeah. he gave no, like the, he kept telling everybody that he's like a genius and that mm. he's super smart. He said it like multiple times that he was like really smart. Yeah. But then he did, did no smart things. He walked around mm. like. He didn't disobeyed, figure out the problem disobe- really until, figure, until it was too well, late. So he like, didn't figure out the problem. He disobeyed the chief medical officer, which technically has seniority over him. Mm-hmm. Then he like. Like willfully ignored the transport buffer issue. Mm-hmm. Then he tried to beam a piece of the planet's mantle into the fucking transporter I mean, room. He, he was diseased like this entire time, though. So. Yeah, but like I'm just saying, like what he did in the episode. He told everybody he was a genius, but then he did all of this shit, and then got shot, and then carried around like a sack of potatoes by number one. Yeah. So honestly, my vote not a genius. I mean, he was he was on that hard light, dude. Yeah, that might um. That fucking Bud Light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michelob Ultra. Mm, that was light, though. Yeah. So eh. Not Ultra. Eh. Uh, yeah. So that was all the new Trek for the week. That was all the new Trek. Yeah. Let's uh let's get into Star Trek, our second episode of the day. Their second Star Trek episode you know, of the you day. You know what? But before that. But before that. I think we've got something. I think we do. The Klingon word of the day.
Today's Klingon word of the day is mishmok, which means confuse. Okay. Uh, the transitive verb, uh, meaning like I confuse something, uh, would be ve vi mishmok. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you could say like uh, a lot of the writing on New Trek makes me mishmok. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I, I kind of uh, just uh, experimented a lot in uh, college with uh, sex. I was very mismok. <laughs> exactly. Let's get into some Deep Space Nine. Let's do it. Now we're watching some Deep Space Nine. Now we're watching some Deep Space Nine. Now we're watching some Deep Space Nine. Anyways, what uh, what old Trek did we watch this week? This week, our random number generator picked for us Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, or sorry, season three, episode ten, Fascination. Indeed. <clears throat> now this is quite an episode, um, but the random number generator really picked a, a humdinger for us. Written by Philip Lizimnik. And directed by none other than Captain Sisko himself, Avery Brooks, and released on November 28th, 1994, in syndication. We love that. We do. Episode begins. We've got Jake talking to Sisko. Jake is sad because his girlfriend got got into a college 300 light years away. Mm -hmm. 300 light years away. Yep. So he's sad, and 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 Cisco's like, you know, you'll meet another girl. Maybe you sh- you should come out to the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, mm-hmm. which is today, right on the promenade. Jake's like, uh, I'll go, but I'm not gonna have any fun. Mm-hmm. And then Cisco's like, mm, Sure, you'll have some fun, mm-hmm. you know. You're you're gonna fuck Jake. Yeah, you're, you're gonna find some sweet Bajoran pussy, and you're gonna fuck. You're gonna try to stick your dick right in between those nose ridges, you. If because you're because you're you're your father's son. Whoa, okay, I don't know. You're your that. father's son. I and I'm the goddamn emissary of the goddamn prophets. I mean more to the Bajorans than anyone. Picard killed my goddamn wife. <laughs> exactly. So then we cut to O'Brien and Bashir. They're hanging out together. Keiko is gonna visit, and O'Brien is motherfucking stressed. They have oh, played yeah. seventy games of racquetball in the last two months. In in the hollow suite. In the hollow of suite, of course. Racquetball, you know what that means. I mean, oh. and, and as as has been established, uh, whenever um, Keiko is gone, all Miles O'Brien does besides work is hang out with Bashir in the hollow suite, doing mostly historical things. Yeah. If you know and what I mean. Racquetball. Historical things. That's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm going to start calling all the gay sex I have is historical things. Sure, sure, historical things. And then so, you know, Who do you think is the history top? Uh definitely definitely O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, definitely definitely O'Brien. Definitely He's not the top in his relationship with Keiko. Oh no. And also uh no. in his relationship with uh Garrick, Bashir is obviously the top. So Bashir is a switch. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, guess, I guess I can see it. I guess mm-hmm. I can see it. Um, so, like, Bashir's like, bro, mm-hmm. you got to cool it. I know you're stressed out about this, but it'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? So, whatever. We we cut from them to Odo and Kira. 
Odo is going to attend the Gratitude Festival, which is a big deal because he's never gone before. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because he's, he's going because he wants to get all horned up on Kira because he's horned up on Kira. And so he wants to like hang out with her. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clearly very little chemistry happening there. Yeah, well, and she's also like, oh, that's nice, but also my like, fucking boyfriend, yeah, my fuck boys Vedic in. Burial, is going to come and Burial. fucking... Burial and stick is the you know fucking eat his ridged dick, uh, ridged dick, ridge nose for eating pussy specifically. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's for. No, hundred yeah. percent. Obviously, that's why they developed that. Yeah, you know that particular. It's for uh, it's for a particular orgasm they call the bajorgasm. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very specific thing. Very, that's very specific. Okay, yeah. so Burial is coming up to visit. Mm-hmm. O'Brien's like, or not O'Brien, but Odo is kind of like, off. Oh, Fuck, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, then we cut to O'Brien going to pick up Keiko. Keiko's in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. So Ke- O'Brien's like really nice. He's like, hey, I'm excited to see you. And she's like, my trip was awful. And mm-hmm. then sits down and then he's like, Molly, my daughter, are you excited to see me? And she says, no, I'm sick. And then vomits on him. Hell yeah, we love that. Hell yeah. And then camera pans up. From kid puking on O'Brien, who do we see? Luwaxana Troy. Oh, we love that Luwaxana Troy. Cut, Cut to, to credits. credits. Opening Boom. credits. Ba 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 Yeah. So we get the intro. We come in. On Odo and Luwaxana Troy. No, not yet. Luxwana is not here yet because Odo is speaking to uh, one of his security guards. Oh, and he correct, says, yeah. he says to him, I drop my quirks three or four times a day just to let him know that I'm thinking about him. <laughs> Which I think is really sweet. It is really it's sweet. It's really they, a sweet they got, sentiment. They've got such a good relationship. Oh, they're, 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 they have a funny bromance. We love yeah, them. Yeah. They're great. They're great. So then Luxwana Troy arrives. Arrives. She is horny as Oh God, she is. She is so. She's got the vapors, baby. She She has the vapors. She's so horny for Odo. Mm -hmm. She wants to fuck him. She's like, you can, you can make it any shape. I'll put it in my butt. I don't care. Just morph into it. Just fill it up. I'll, I'll fucking just go into your fucking bucket and I'll just pour it right into my pussy. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. What she wants. Yeah, it's what she wants. Yep. So she. Tries to get him to go to her room. She's like, "Come on, you gotta like come hang out with we me." We gotta fuck. We gotta fuck. And he's like, "I gotta get out of here. I have to go to the the gratitude festival." And she's like, "Oh, that sounds great. I would love to come with you." Yeah, and she also, herself. She also, yeah, she also uh, admits that she has uh, gained feelings for him since the last time they met. Yep, she's horned as fuck. So fucking horny. Yep. Cuts to her in the in an elevator, and she has a headache. She does, but she still wants to fuck. Unlike still most wants- women, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I don't know. Okay, I don't know about that. I can't speak to that. It's <laughs> too much. It's too much. Okay, we're back to Kira and and Burial. Mm-hmm. They're making out. Burial Obama. Yeah. Oh. Burial Hussein Obama. Actually. Uh, oh right, yeah. right. <laughs> Hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh, so they're making out. They're mm-hmm. horned out for each other. And then Burial's like, yo, how about we stay here and I lay pipe? And she's like, no, 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 no. 
renewal scrolls. Well, he's like, how about we stay here and I lay pipe, but also I want to talk politics while I'm laying pipe, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's trying to get inside of her, but he just keeps talking politics. And she's like, eh, I, uh, renewal scrolls. I got to go. Here's a basket of scrolls. See, bye. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? So he, got, he, he gets cock blocked by the renewal scrolls. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> we, we cut to the gratitude fest. Mm-hmm. So we're at the Gratitude Fest. Kira lights up a giant bong. It's huge. Oh, it's like uh, this big neon blue bong. So, so right before that, we have a uh, Keiko and Brian O'Brien scene. Oh, right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're correct. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. My apologies. I can't mm-hmm. read my own goddamn notes. That's all good. Um, but yeah, so, oh, this is the scene I hated the most in this entire uh, This episode. is so fucking cringe. It is. It's, it's literally a oh. couple fight for like three or four minutes, and- yeah. It, she she's just like indecisive. She's like, uh, I don't know what I want to do. I just want some rest. And and then like O'Brien's being nice. And he's yeah, and like, it's like, okay, okay I'll let so you yeah, have some rest. And rest. she's like, you don't want me to have rest, do you? And he's like, I mean, I don't know. And she's like, fine, make a decision. Are we going to the festival or not? And he's like, yes. And she's like, fine, what am I wearing? And he's like, the red dress. And she's like, I hate the red dress, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck she, you, it's too she, tight. She's just being like super argumentative mm-hmm. about everything. And he's like trying yeah. to be nice. Yeah. But she's being like rude. She's being rude. Uh, it must, and, be, like, must be that time of the wormhole rotation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. No, we're, not we're not doing that. No, no. No, we're not doing that. Uh, yeah, so she's just being, like, really shitty and petty and argumentative, and it's, like, it super sucks, and, like, he gets upset, she gets upset, blah. It sucks, yeah. It sucks. Yeah, move on. (laughs) Move on. So we're at the Gratitude Fest, Kira lights her giant bong. Neon bong. Giant neon bong. It's, like, big glow stick bong. Huge glow stick bong. So sick. It looks sick. Anyways, she's, like... Uh, stoked for the gratitude fest. The gratitude mm. fest. Apparently, you're supposed to like write your problems on these little scrolls, renewal scrolls, blaze them up, mm-hmm. light, throw them in the fire. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're calling joints renewal scrolls from now on, right? Oh yeah, big big old renewal doinks. Yeah, yeah. Just call my fucking apartment <laughs> the goddamn Bajorian renewal fest because of all the uh, renewal Grat- scrolls. Gratitude Grat- festival. Just call my apartment the Bajorian <laughs> gratitude festival because of all the renewal scrolls I'd be blazing up in here. Uh- <laughs> How about, uh, call it the Bajoran Ratitude Festival, uh, based uh-huh. on all of the Weezer's Ratitude you'll be playing up in here. Ew. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. I already went there, baby. I that. That's gross. Uh, so anyways, Jake has a headache now. Right. And then Jake gets horny for Kira, like immediately after his headache. Mm-hmm. He starts hitting on her. He tells her, quote, I love you, Narice. Mm-hmm. Narice is, uh, Kira's... Oh, oh, it was, is I love you, Narice. Do you want to go out? Yeah. Which I'm like, maybe work on the wording on that one. Yeah. Uh, Maybe just don't say I love you. Yeah. Uh, Also, don't be 16 years old asking out like a 30 year old woman. And then, like, Kira's like, what the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like 30. Go away. What's happening? And then Beryl bails on, on Kira and starts hitting on Dax. Uh, before that, though, we have the most important character in all of DS9. Right. We got a mourn moment! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we got so, a moment. so Dax 
uh, tells Morn she has like a he has a like a, a renewal scroll in his hand, and she's like, "Oh well, someone is is charming and handsome and lovely as you should never feel that way. You know what? Burn the renewal scroll, and things will be all better." Yep. Yep. But then it goes to Burial, and we don't get to see any more Morn. God damn it! We I did, want more. We did get we did get a Morn moment. Though. We, we did. We love we a love Morn. A Morn, Morn. Mo- I'm you know I'm yeah. gonna make a theme for Morn moments. Morn moments. Love Morn. More than meets the morn. Morn than meets the eye. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Morn uh, moments. Morn than me. Oh, I love that. That's so good. That's pretty that's good. That's really good. I want to do a guitar solo on that. Hell yeah. Uh, that's great. So anyways, Luxana Troy forces Odo to dance with her. Uh, but before okay. this, Odo is dancing alone to some Bajoran folk music. Which is the pussiest music He is time. so stoned. <laughs> I've never seen anyone as stoned as him <laughs> dancing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like he is fucking. He has been blazing so many renewal scrolls. He's a. He's been blazing them renewal scrolls. Yeah, strange renewal worlds, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's just hanging out. Then walks on Troy forces her, forces Odo to dance with her. Mm-hmm. It's awkward, and Odo's like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, bye, bitch. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Keiko and O'Brien. They're hanging out at Quark's bar, just talking. Keiko's being a little bit more reasonable. Uh, Quark is trying to sell some Gratitude Festival merchandise. Yes, he is. That's pretty sick. It is. He's, of course he's, he is, right? He's He's got a merch booth. You know. Yeah, of course he's got a merch booth. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, Keiko's like, hey, I got to talk to you about something. There's a problem. Mm-hmm. And Brian's like, what? And she's like, look, my, my project on Bajor, the place I've been for the last two months, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be there longer than I expected. And he's like, what? How much longer? And she's like, a few more months. And he's like, you're going to be gone for seven months? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, yeah. And then he's like, well, that kind of sucks, babe. Like, mm-hmm. that's a really long time. Like, I really miss my child and my wife. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, ah, Sabar knew I shouldn't have told you this. And he's like, what? Who's Sabar? And she's like the uh, the founder of Sabaro's Pizza. <laughs> um, and he's like, you bitch, that's not even pizza. So no, th- not that. Th- that doesn't happen. But uh, I mean, the Sabaro's Pizza part obviously happens. Yeah, um, yeah that's no, no, no. the crux of the episode. Is obviously. The origin story for future Sabaro's Pizza. Obviously. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, understandably, like, what the fuck? Like, who is this? I've never heard of this person before. Like, is is that a person you hang out with? She's like, oh, he's one of the scientists on my team. Mm. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I don't think that, like, who is he to be giving you advice about me? He doesn't know me. He and owns also, a like, pizza restaurant. He owns a pizza restaurant. It's and also, like. D- Deep Dish Nine. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, like. So, like, what the fuck? And then she's, like, she gets, like, really upset, and he, and he gets upset, and then they fight a little bit, and she bails. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her, he's, like, well, why don't you just go hang out with fucking Sabar then? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't fucking matter, like, whatever. You Let's know, get honestly, a Bajoran divorce. I'm st- he doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm still on O'Brien's side here. Like, I really yeah. feel like he's not being unreasonable. Like, no, he hasn't been shitty to her. Like, he's right. tried to express his feelings and tried to, like, talk to her reasonably. Mm-hmm. And she's been mean to him. And, and, like, it sucks. She's not only being mean, but she's also, like, depriving him of their child. Yeah. She's, and, like, she's like, yeah, I know that, you know, it's, it's cool to, you know, have two parents at home, but... I'm stealing our child to go uh, research flowers for seven months. Bye. And then, like, him, like, 
being not feeling great about that. He wasn't like shitty about it either. He was just oh. like, wow, that's a lot of time for you to be away. Mm. And then immediately she's like, Ugh, and like gets all snotty with him. And I'm, it's like, dude, like, of course, like that wouldn't be a good thing to hear. I don't know. That sucks. Yeah, it does suck. So like she's being pretty shitty. And uh, then we cut to Jake and Cisco. Mm-hmm. And Jake is talking to Cisco and he confesses his feelings for Kira to Cisco. And Cisco's like, dude, just talk to Kira. Like, you gotta chill, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He tries to convince Jake that it's, like, just a crush, and he's like, you don't you don't know. You're wrong. Yeah. It's, it, I, I love her. It's a real adult love. I'm fucking in love with this bitch. And right Cisco's here. like, man, and Cisco does a thing like, what the fuck is going on around this bitch? Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, Court gives a advice to O'Brien. Tries to get him to write a renewal scroll. He you does. know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta blaze them renewal scrolls. Aye. Uh, so he gives some advice to O'Brien, and then his advice inevitably goes to the fact that, like, Ferengis see women as property, and he's like, well, you know, if she was just property, like, yeah. you, this wouldn't be happening And he tries to convince you owned her. Yeah, and he's, like, <laughs> trying to convince him that, like, Ferengi marriages are so much better than human marriages. Yeah, totally. He's like, well, you know, there's no divorce, mm-hmm. you know, because we just own the women. And then fucking O'Brien comes in with the craziest clapback of all time. Uh, and he says, uh, yeah, well, if Ferengi marriages are so great, why are you still single, Quark? <laughs> and Quark... Which is tight. Yeah, I know. And Quark's like, uh, I haven't found the right uh, Ferengi. And wrong. Wrong. Hell. 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 Last episode. Well, fucking not, well, uh, a, season, episode. A, season, a season prior, he found the fucking femboy of his dreams. I know. The femboy twink of his dreams. Exactly. And he like left that on the table. He was mm-hmm. like, nah. I don't need that shit. He could have had so much profit in the Gamma Quadrant. He could have. But look at where we're at. Instead, he's going to the Vault of Eternal Destitution, dumb bitch. Yeah. The Vault of Eternal Masturbation. (laughs) 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 Actually, that's the name of the episode. Might be. (laughs) Uh, So, after that, right, um, Beryl and Kira finally meet up again. And Kira's, like, stoked to see him. She's like, wow, where did you disappear to? Like, I've been looking for you. This has been such a weird night. We should make out. And he's like being all weird. He's like, I don't want to make out with you. I'm feeling weird about this. I'm sorry. I need to go back and uh, uh, repeat a quark line that was fucking incendiary uh, when he was talking to O'Brien. O'Brien, Quark tries to get him to write a renewal scroll. And uh, O'Brien's like, "Uh, I don't know if I have enough space to put all of my problems on there. And Quark says... I thought you could sum them up with one word, Kieko. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. Everybody Fuck knows that Keiko is the sort of source of all the problems. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking yeah, right? KK Kieko. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just Keiko. Why are you why are you saying it weird? <laughs> it's just Keiko. Uh, anyways, so okay, so. Right, Beryl and Kira, they're in mm-hmm. the hallway. Kira's like, hey, we should make out in here. And he's like, well, I can't make out. What if people see? What and she's if people like, see me making out with you? We're the only ones here, dumbass. There's nobody around. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fucking kiss. Like, why are you being weird? And he's like, uh, uh, but have you seen Dax, though? And she's like, yeah, I just saw Dax a little bit ago. She's on the bridge or whatever. Well, Cisco's party. She was going she's to Cisco's, Cisco's party. party. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, thank you. Kira, 
You're such a good friend. And she's, and she's like, what? Friend? Like, what? Mm-hmm. So she gets epically friend-zoned, 100%. epically Fortnite friend-zoned. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yep. Uh, Winner Royale, fucking Fortnite friend-zoned. And then... Ferengi zoned. Ferengi zoned. Wow, that's epic, actually. <laughs> Speaking of all things epic, Brit. Uh, okay. Epically friend zoned. Epic Ferengi friend zone. Ferengi Fortnite friend zone. Shut up. Did you say Fortnite? <laughs> no. I think you did. I, well, you know, you could have a Fortnite. We just got to get some, some memos, Mexican food up in this bitch after. After we record these podcasts. Yeah. Um, anyways. Okay. So, Kira gets friend zoned. Dax comes on to Cisco. Mm-hmm. Right? And and Cisco... Oh, she fi- wants to come on to Cisco. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Cisco finds out the bur- bur- burial... Burial? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Burial yeah. is chasing after Dax. So, mm-hmm. like, Dax tells Cisco that and then comes on to Cisco... And he's all like, oh, we should make out and stuff. And he's like, what the fuck? No. Like, he's like, what? no, old man. Fucking, yeah, like, no. What? No way. We've known each other for like 30 years. What are you doing? Like, yeah. this is fucked up. Like, get yeah. off of me. Yeah, this got to be a joke. Yeah, and then Dax is like, it's no joke. And so Dax and, so, well, Cisco takes Dax to the, the infirmary. The infirmary where Dr. Bashir is like, She's are okay. you just fucking with, with Cisco? Mm-hmm. And he can't find anything wrong with her. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, I'm just fucking with Cisco, you know, ha, ha, And Cisco's like, yeah, I don't know. That didn't seem like a joke. She's like, oh, it was just a joke, Cisco. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wants that that mm-hmm. Cisco dong. Hell yeah. Um, and then so it's like, okay, whatever. And they go back to the party. O'Brien then apologizes to Keiko. So he, like, pines outside of her door i guess yep. his bedroom door that she's yeah, like locked him she's out of. locked in and she's like i need time to think and then he's like hey look i'm sorry mm. about everything i really care about you and it like sucks that you're going away for so long and to that point like i would rather try to be with you than not mm-hmm. so i'm willing to submit my resignation to to commander no he, he did submit his yeah, resignation well, yeah. he put it on his no, he's desk like, he's like i put my my resignation mm-hmm. on commander cisco's desk like I just want to be with my family. Like, I hope you understand. Like, I would like to pass it up. Which, like, honestly, he he is definitely the better person here. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Going uh, above uh, and beyond. At the same time, he was so, like, uh, gracious here that this was my least favorite part of the episode. Yeah, like, the whole time I'm like, no! St- have a fucking dick, you yeah, like, dumb you should bitch! Stick up, he should have sticked up. <laughs> he should have stuck up for himself. Like, yeah. for, in that situation. Like, he should have been like, hey, look, like, you're being unreasonable. Mm. Like, I just miss my family. Like, can we please come to some kind of a solution here that, like, isn't going to make me suffer anymore? Like, what the fuck? Come on. Mm-hmm. And that, whatever. She's like, I need time to think. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, he's he's in a toxic relationship, but he's in uh, Denial's O'Brien. Yeah, he is. He is. He definitely is. So, anyways, after that, uh, Bashir starts to figure out something is weird. Mm-hmm. Then Kira and Bashir make out. They yeah. start making out, and they're like, "Yeah, oh. they, they they both have a headache out of nowhere together." Uh-huh. And then they get into the infirmary and just start like making out like crazy, f- fucking tongue punching each other's mouths. Yeah, and then so uh, Odo has to go get Bashir because everybody's horny for different people at the party, right? And Cisco's like, "Fucking, uh, hey Bashir, where are you at?" Bashir doesn't answer. Yeah, Odo He's has to go like, get him. Go fucking get him, Odo. And Odo's like, yeah. ah, "Okay." Brings them up to the uh, party. They they like can't stop making out. Right. 
Cisco was like, fucking stop it, you fucking kids. Indeed. Cisco like is like, what the fuck? We gotta figure this out. This is fucked up. Keiko shows up mm-hmm. to O'Brien and she's like, O'Brien, you can't resign. You have to keep your job. And he's like, okay. You gotta get that job. <laughs> you gotta get that job. And then he's like, okay. And then she's like, all of that stuff before, LOL, it's fine though. And O'Brien's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then we go back to the party. We observe, everybody observes Luxana Troy getting a headache, and then Quark becomes super horny for uh for Kira. Mm-hmm. Right? Or for Keiko, sorry. So Quark gets super horny for Keiko at the party, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, what the fuck? And then they all kind of figure out what's going on. They're like, right. this is so, this is the Luxana Troy oh. is too horny. Also, uh Burial tries to propose to Dax with a uh Bajoran betrothal bracelet. Tight. Yeah, and then she steals it, which is awesome. That is awesome. She's just like, oh, let me see that, and like runs away. And I'm like, that bitch. That bitch. Pretty sick. We love that. Mm. Um, and then we're all like, okay, we figured out what's going on. And then we cut to the infirmary. Mm-hmm. We've got Luoxana Troy in the infirmary, and like uh, uh, Bashir's like, look, you've got Xanthi fever. Mm-hmm. And that's just what happens when like Betazoids get super fucking horny, and they're old, and then it like... Makes everybody else horny. It's what happens when you eat too much of the stabilizer xanthan gum. Yeah, that too. It yeah. makes you horny as fuck. Absolutely. Xanthan cum? Xanthan cum. Xanthan cum, yeah. More like it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Xanthi cum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. So anyways, the entire episode is literally just that like Luoxana Troy showed up and was so horny that she infected other people to make them super horny. Which is something that only affects fucking like... Uh, older Bajoran women, apparently. So it's it's like their menopause, apparently. Yeah, it just makes everybody else horny. Yeah. It's just... kind of a funny idea. Yeah, I guess. And then Luoxana Troy kisses Odo and is like, you know, I, I come to terms with the fact that you don't have feelings for me, but if you change your mind, mm-hmm. I will gladly take that shape-shifting dick, whatever hole you want. Yeah, every single hole at the same time, if you want. Yep. She's she's that she's that one. She's that like one. the two of us can have like an orgy together. Yeah, she wants that, and mm-hmm. he's like, Ooh, and like that's uh, basically the episode. Uh, oh, uh, one one more thing. Uh, last thing we have is a very soy scene between um, O'Brien and Keiko. Keiko, uh, and she says, uh, "Well, I guess uh, since you uh, didn't have the sickness, I guess you don't have a latent attraction to me." And he's like, "Nothing latent about it." And yep. I'm just like, shut up. Yeah, and like, so what sucks is that their conflict was never resolved. Like, Not literally, really. like, O'Brien just apologized and offered to quit so he could be closer to his family, and Keiko just goes, LOL, nope, you need to stay here on the station, and yep. he just goes, okay, and then stays on the station, and his family leaves for seven months. Like, why Why does he need to stay on the station? It's not, this is like a, yeah. a post-scarcity. He doesn't need a job to support his family. Yeah. What? I'm very confused about that. I think that, like, they, I mean, they talk about that in later episodes. It's, like, kind of a prestige thing. He likes being an engineer. He likes working Bank on the cashier station. cashier engineer. But also, like, you're right. He doesn't need to be there. Like, yeah. They, it, he could just move. To, right. He probably has leave he could take, right. too, like, it, given these extenuating circumstances. I mean, like given, like, I don't think there's any engineer that, like, is really qualified to take over his job on the station at this point. Although there is another chief engineer that they have in Armand Bashir, uh, who, you know, seems, uh, I think he's a... Uh, is that the guy that betrays them later on? 
I don't know. Is it because one of the he kind of looks like Barkley? Yeah, that's bit? the guy that betrays him later on. He joins the Maquis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think I think he's like a commander or something. So yeah, I he's mean, a he, commander. He yeah. definitely outranks. I mean, everyone outranks O'Brien because he's not commissioned. But yeah. Um. But yeah, I wonder why he's like the chief engineer. Then that's kind of weird to me. But whatever. whatever. But then eventually, you know, Rom becomes way better than him in engineering. Yeah, so, that big d- engineering dick. But anyways, that's the episode. It's a. Uh, it's. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I liked this episode much more than the other episode that we watched this week. Uh, I... I, I didn't. Um, this episode sucks. <laughs> it is easily probably in my bottom 20 DS9 episodes. Okay. Maybe even bottom 10. I, 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 I just can't do it. It's, See, I you, enjoyed it. Well, I, thing, think, like, I, I don't hate Major so, Barrett. So, I just don't. Like, the, you know? She's likable. You know what I really kind of dislike about it the most is I pretty recently watched um, episode three from TNG season one, The Naked Now, where everyone like gets drunk on a ghost and, and fucks. Right. It's the same episode. Yeah. It's the same fucking episode. Yeah. I mean, that that's the... Isn't the game basically the same episode too? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, it, but, yeah. But, but these two episodes, the fucking The Naked Now and uh, this one, um, the Fascination, are like the exact same episode. Uh, it's just that's like... Uh, it's a different cause for why everyone's getting fucking horny. Yeah. Sometimes you get horny. Yeah. Um, but... like... Didn't like this episode. No thank you. Yeah. Uh, Soyest moment, definitely O'Brien's apology to Keiko. Uh, maybe, maybe their, their initial uh, fucking argument. I just, I, I can't with that though, man. I, I was, it's painful. Like, I, w- I would agree with like, uh, with, with O'Brien's apology to Keiko, but I think the, the scene after that where she like comes out wearing the red dress that he like recommended that she wear mm-hmm. and she's all like nice to him. That was the part I hated the most. I did like, hate she that. She was well. like super mean and shitty to him. Uh-huh. And like she never apologized to him. No. He apologized to her and then she's like, "Oh, well everything's fine now because you apologized." Yeah, it's, it's he toxic never as fuck. he never did anything. No, he, he didn't. Did nothing. O'Brien did nothing wrong. Yeah, he was like, uh, maybe I don't want my wife and kid to be away from me for like three more months and she's like, "You selfish Bitch. Yeah, and basically. Like, what? Uh, what? How's that make sense? That doesn't make sense. I gotta fucking masturbate with fucking Bashir for three more months, dude. What? Yeah, I gotta be jerking. Yeah. Yeah, jerking with this merkin. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, what a what a banger! What a banger! A loo banger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a loo banger. Anyways. Yeah. I think it's time for some subspace transmission. What do you think? Let's uh let's let's call the Admiral. I don't know. I have to I'm not got nothing. Subspace transmission. Subspace transmissions. Hello. Hello, we're here. Um uh, look at that. We made it to this part of the show where we look at the YouTube yep. comments, but not YouTube comments this time, because we're looking at Facebook comments all entirely facebook comments this week so kicking things off we've got richard simpkins who says this is the wokest trek of all and it's great uh more like richard simp yeah definitely uh no strange new world is not the wokest trek yeah at at all it's all good yeah it's like i mean yeah 
I feel like people don't really like they think New Trek is so like quote unquote woke because it attacks like fucking diversity issues and shit like that. But fucking old Trek like tackled like class war and shit like that all the time. That's true. Stuff that like they're not willing to go after on any of the new Trek at all. Like I haven't seen a single episode of the new Trek that I would consider anti-capitalist in any way. Yeah. This person disagrees. Douglas Lee Brildenson says, I think most bigots are going to be very disappointed by S and W as it progresses. Just keep watching. I'll be laughing, rolling on the floor at their intolerant outrage. Okay. Okay. I don't think that's the case, but okay. Yeah. I, mean, um, I think most bigots already hate anything with black people in it. So all of these comments are pulled from actually the same thread. It was a 400 comment thread where mm-hmm. a person uh, started a thread that simply said, in, re- in reference to Star Trek Strange New Worlds, this is how Star Trek is meant to be. That's all he said. The 400 comments, is is this what the uh, the sci-fi show The 400 is about? It's about the one, it's called The 100. I thought it was The 400. No, you're thinking about The 4400. Oh, I guess I am. I don't, I don't pay attention to <laughs> bad sci-fi unless I'm required to do a podcast on it, Spencer. That's true. Speaking of bad sci-fi, Chauncey Tucker says, this Star Trek New Worlds is okay, but disco was off the charts good. I can't wait for season five. Um, what chart? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, like uh, television ratings? Yeah, it was off the chart because no one watches it. Yeah. Yep. That's true. We got a few comments here by the same person, like just responding to himself, I guess. Patrick Fitzpatrick says, <laughs> "That's a great name." Why do all my really, 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 really good comment get erased? Did I win? Did I figure it out? And then he says, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Yes. And then later, I think I also have defeated the Kobayashi Maru. You know that his really, (laughs) really, 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 really good comment was just like the N-word, right? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we hate to see it. We do. Uh, We do. Speaking of hate to see it, Dennis... Redshaw says yes in response to uh, this is how Trek is meant to be but it's already after three episodes so far ahead of the <laughs> diarrhea pile that is Discovery I don't disagree I don't disagree it don't is a disagree. diarrhea pile and this is definitely better than a di- diarrhea pile yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's more of a diaper pile than a well, diarrhea no, it, pile. At no, this point. It, it's still diarrhea. It's just arranged differently. I call it a uh, diarrhea diorama. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Jason W. Fucks says, <laughs> "Just saw the second episode, so I generally agree so far. I do still feel like there should be some Star Trek product out there that includes William Shatner, but call me old school or something." Not that I expect him to show up on this show. I don't think there should be a Star Trek project with William Shatner. He's like 86 years old. Uh, Yeah. He's older. He's 90. Is he 90 now? He's 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 older than Patrick Stewart. 90. He's like super fucking old. He is ancient and like, I mean, he's not even qualified to be in Priceline commercials anymore. You think he can hold together a series? 
Yeah, nah, dude. Come we on. Just let him. Let's let him be old, man. Yeah, let just him. Let him chill out. Let him enjoy his Boston legal and uh, Expedia.com money. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We're gonna move on from that. We're not gonna skip that one. Um, Anthony L. Cannon says. Believing that Star Trek, TOS in particular, was not too political reveals an acute level ignorance. You might want to rewatch TOS, then study the 60s and white supremacy, which I agree with. It's, yeah. Yeah, he's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's canon now. Yeah. Anthony L. Cannon. Yeah, totally. Catherine Zimmerman Priscorn says... I am stuck in the hospital with regular TV. Frustrating that a new episode is out. Do you not have any sort of mobile device? She looks very old. I, I don't think she does. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate to see it. I hate yeah. to see it. She's, uh, she's stuck in medbay. Adrian Pengelly says, I don't get why people like homeopathics and racists even like Star Trek. It's totally the opposite of their views. It's in Spask's words, not logical. It's uh, pronounced Tupac. Spask's. It's Tupac. Two Spask's. Two Sporks. I like. I really like that they said homeopathics uh, instead of homophobic. No, they're talking about homeopathics. They know what they're talking about. Also, I mean, they're they're not wrong. Like Star Trek believes in medicine, and this homeopathics don't. That's true. Their their profile picture is also like a chibi version of fucking Deadpool. It's pretty cringe. They had another comment though later on that was pretty good as well. Did I not get that one? Oh my god, I didn't get it. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Oh no, it was a response to this one. Okay, so somebody responded to his comment that I just read. And Jason Elge says, there's a difference between presenting a moral quandary and making almost every main character follow along party lines with the latest political ideology or the majority of them being a certain type of individual because the writers don't know how to look beyond their own politics. Hmm? Discovery is leftist propaganda. No, it's no, neo- it is it's not. neoliberal propaganda. Yeah. There's a very big difference. I wish... I wish it was leftist propaganda. Yeah. Like, I wish Star Trek was as left as Republicans believe that Joe Biden is. Like, <laughs> like uh, fucking, no one in America understands what leftism really even is. They call fucking this shit, fucking putting Stacey Abrams as president, they call that leftist? She's yeah. centrist at best. She's she's a Democrat that can get elected in fucking Georgia. How far on the left do you think she is? It's a great point. Like, come on. I want you, before we read this comment, I want you to describe this picture attached to the comment. Uh, hold on. It says, Let's see Raffi and Seven in Star Trek Rangers! Action heroes with actual depth and talent. And then it's a picture of Raffi and Seven of Nine from Star Trek Picard. I, I I believe that's just seven because that's the seven without the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, no yeah. nine. Yeah, no, no nine, nine, no nine. Uh, nine, Todd, or as a German might say, nine. Todd Hansen attaches this picture to his comment that says, 
Let's make it happen. Here's an opportunity to take two powerhouse Powerhouse. actors and tackle episodic narratives as well as ongoing adventure as they cross paths with various bad guys as well as regular interactions with Section 31. It's a winner any way you look at it. There were no likes. I I personally look forward to Scissor Trek. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Paul Paz Emino says... To quote Spock from episode two, which I should not be able to do because it was stupid and made no sense. Ha. Huh. Well, uh, you know, Spencer, sometimes things go so badly, you just got to laugh. That, that is true. Marcus Island says, you do know the same writers and showrunners from the other new shows are the ones in command here. So maybe the fact that you don't like the other new shows tells us more about you instead of them. I mean, it's it's a different mix of people. Yeah, it's, it's a different It's mix not the exact people. same production crew. And it, like, there are, it does share some of the same producers, but like, it has a, a different showrunner out of two. Um... Yeah, like different writers. Nah, no, nah, it's. I mean, it is kind of the same. I like that this dude is using company. this logic to defend Star Trek Picard. Well, the, yeah, the rest of them. Which yeah, fuck off. Yeah, because you know, if you make one decent project, everything else you make is good. You know that, right? Yeah, that's how it works. Yep, that's how science works, dude. Mm. Uh, Sherry Turner says, completely unprompted, you can download the Paramount app onto your smartphone. I'm pretty sure she was uh, responding to the lady in the hospital there. It's possible. Uh, but, like, this was not even anywhere close to that. It was uh, just somewhere else in the thread, completely unprompted. Yeah, some people don't know how to use Facebook. That's true. They don't. Um, Sean Harrison says, I'm waiting for the people that are gushing over this show, which I am absolutely loving, to start turning on it once it has too much wokeness or whatever they were complaining about in Discovery. Some of them were even complaining about wokeness in Picard. I could really, really do without the word of wokeness. Right about forever. Right about forever. Um... Andrew E. Gaska, our last subspace transmission for the day, says, Now this Hmm. is pod racing. Also, all these shows are Star Trek as they should be. You know what? This that is... might that might be pod racing, but this is podcasting. Hey! High five! No. Uh, sorry, my arm was too far away. High, high seven of nine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I guess that's it, right? That's wait, no, that's not it, Brit. Yeah, we have one more segment to go. We certainly do. Well, the away team was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot, time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Finally today, in our red shirt obituary, today we remember crewmen Darnell, Sturgeon, Green, and Barnhart, all of whom succumbed to sodium chloride extraction by an entity known only as... The M113 creature in the year 2266. We also mourn the creature from M113, mm-hmm. the last member of a long dead civilization of shapeshifters that fed on salt. McCoy killed him 
thus driving an entire species to extinction. Bummer. Hate yep. to see it. Hate we to see it. We certainly do. Well, with that, that's the show. I think that's about it. Let's wrap her up. Indeed. Captain's Log. Supplemental. It looks like that's all, and it's time for us to warp away. Thanks for joining us. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 263 says, never allow doubt to tarnish your lust for latinum. Hang dong. And, and shocker. Soy, 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 so